It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are seconds away from hearing the daily Locked On podcast you love, but I'd like to tell you about another podcast I think you'll like. Rejecting the Screen, hosted by NBA experts Noah Kozlov and Adam Stanko, features provocative interviews with NBA stars and unique perspectives from around the game. Subscribe to Rejecting the Screen wherever you get your podcasts. What up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On Warriors. I'm your host, Charles T. Hamilton. We get an official diagnosis on the DeMarcus Cousins injury. And when you blow a 31-point lead, a historic lead like that, a lot of people want to give you advice, and we've heard a lot. From a couple of Hall of Famers and from a Warriors legend. And on top of that, going to go over some of the results throughout the rest of the Western Conference playoffs. This is Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, everybody? Welcome in to Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network. Which, by the way, if you like what you hear, first off, subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff. But make sure you check out a lot of the other podcasts we have on the Locked On Network. We got your favorite baseball team covered. We got the MLB covered, the NFL, NBA, obviously, the biggest colleges. So if you like what you're hearing, definitely go check out the other things we have to offer. But for for the most part, subscribe to Locked On Warriors. And if you want to do that, you can do that on the brand new podcasting app called Himalaya. You can also do it on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, but I would suggest you all go check out Himalaya. They got personally curated playlists for you while adding brand new features almost every single day. Let's get to the dubs. One of the biggest stories out of last night was not just the fact that they blew a 31-point lead, which was historic, the biggest lead ever blown in a NBA playoff game. And there's a lot of reasons as to why they did it. Uh, They let go of the rope. They did not play well. They were not focused. They were arrogant. They stopped defending. I would say that one of the only players who continued to play throughout the game was Draymond Green. He was not happy. During the game, at the end of the third quarter, Steve Kerr decided to take out Draymond and put in Steph and KD. Draymond did not like that move. Steph and KD were both cold. The lead had been cut to 16, and Draymond did not like being pulled from the game. Quinn Cook was still on the court, too. Draymond, you know, wanted to be out there. He's a competitor. And the ensuing possession was, of course, a Steph turnover that got the Clippers another two points to end the quarter, which cut the lead to 14. Draymond uh, commenced to stare down Steve Kerr for about the next 10 seconds. So that has nothing to do with where I was going, but it was a side story that I wanted to get out there. And I also wanted to mention that, you know, Draymond played hard all last night and was one of the only few to do so. Uh, There's a lot of things they're going to need to fix, and a lot of guys gave them some advice (laughs) over the last couple days. And uh, I'll touch on some of it because it's some of it's good, some of it's dumb none of it really matters because the Warriors have to do what they they need to do, not what 
guys like Tim Hardaway and T-Mac tell them to do. So, anyways, I want to get to DeMarcus Cousins' injury. It is official. He has a torn left quad, which is just absolutely heartbreaking for DeMarcus, the human being. I feel awful for him, uh, knowing that he spent the last year rehabbing the torn Achilles and watching the Pelicans go to the playoffs and then coming back to the Warriors, trying to fit in, kind of finding his way at times, also other times not looking great, and only playing 25 playoff minutes, the first 25 playoff minutes he's ever played in his career to go down with a torn quad. Now, there's a chance that he could be back. If the Warriors make it to the finals, there's a chance he might be able to come back for the finals. So there's a slim hope of this having, you know, a fairy tale ending with him coming back and playing well in the finals. I wouldn't count on it. And the reason there's a slim hope is because they're not sure whether he's going to need surgery or not yet. So they're going to try and rehab it without surgery. They're still trying to recognize the uh, extent of the torn quad. How torn is it? Which is weird. If it's torn, you know, wouldn't how many different levels of torn are there? It's either torn or it's not. But apparently there are different levels of it. So they're waiting to find out exactly what it is. And once they do, they'll know whether he needs surgery or not. But initially they're saying no surgery for DeMarcus Cousins. And he'll just be rehabbing it. And there's potential for him being able to rehab it and come back in the finals. Which is, again, it's like two months away. So uh, you, you forget how long the NBA playoffs are. And he could be back for the NBA Finals, potentially, potentially. So there's a sliver of hope for that. But, man, you just have to feel for him. It really stinks, Uh, especially the fact that his plan was to play for the Warriors, hopefully win a championship, and then cash in in free agency. Now, the max deal that he was looking for wasn't going to be out there. But for how well he had played at certain times and what he had shown and how he was getting back to being himself as far as his – his play on the court goes, I'd say he had earned himself a paycheck. He had earned himself, I, I don't know, I'll say somewhere between 10 to $20 million a year that the Warriors wouldn't be able to pay him, and that would have been worth taking for DeMarcus, I believe. And that was also going to be an interesting thing to to look at is what was he going to command on the free agent market? Because I said, you know, I think he earned somewhere between, between 10 and and 20, does that mean he gets 10 or 12? Or does that mean he gets 19 or 20? You know, I, I don't know. So it would have been interesting to see, but with this torn quad, I don't know what he'll get. I don't know where his value is. Now, there's potential that he could be back with the Warriors. And now there's a bunch of balls in the air as far as how that could happen and why. Uh, part of it, a major part of it, is what happens with Kevin Durant. Now, let's assume Kevin Durant leaves and. DeMarcus is only getting one-year offers for less than $10 million. He may decide that he wants to come back to the Warriors for what they can offer him, which would be just over $6 million, maybe like six and a half, I think it is. And so, I don't know. It just really depends what the market is going to be after you know he rehabs from his torn quad. Now, the good thing is if they think there's a chance he could be back for the finals – you're pretty positive that he'll be able to come back for training camp and for the start of the regular season. You think he'll end up being fine. 
Now, I I just don't know. I don't know how it would work, how he's going to end up rehabbing. I was going to look after rehab. The whole thing sucks. But as far as potential for him re-signing with the Warriors, there's more potential for it now than there was before. It was a done deal that he was out of here, that he was going to go cash in. Now, after this injury, I, I don't know. And on the other hand, how do the Warriors feel about bringing him back? You know, he it, it worked out for the most part. The, the best he played also and best he fit in was when Kevin Durant was out during those two games against Houston and OKC. And he was a integral part of the team and the offense, and they were running the offense through him. Now, I don't know if that, if KD leaves, is that how he would be used and this and that. There's so many things that go with it, but it's just an interesting thing to think about because if his free agency was already a question mark, it just became a much larger question mark. So we'll have to wait and see how it works out. But regardless, I am heartbroken for the guy. Going to take a quick break, come back go over some of the advice that the Warriors got from a number of different outlets over the last two days. And then uh, after that, go through some of the Western Conference playoff action. That's all coming up next here on Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every day. Is there anything more craveable than the smell of McDonald's fries? If someone's hiding an order of fries, they're never hiding it well. It takes one whiff to trigger a fry craving that will only be satisfied the McDonald's way. So stand up if you would like to taste the smell of a McDonald's fry right now. Did you just stand? Because if you did, then you earned yourself a trip to the McDonald's drive through for your own steamy carton of crispy golden goodness. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Support for this podcast comes from CDW and Cisco. Modern modernization today has the products you need to modernize your workplace, like Wi-Fi booster crystals. Let their metaphysical powers enhance connectivity and spiritually awaken your Internet of Things. At CDW, we get crystals won't modernize your network. You need Cisco Catalyst access points that are Wi-Fi 6 compatible and can help you improve reliability, increase capacity, and reduce latency. Cisco and IT orchestration by CDW. People who get it. Find out more at cdw.com slash Cisco. What up, everybody? Welcome back to Locked On Warriors. I am your host, Charles T. Hamilton. What's happening? The Dubs, as we all know, blew a historic 31-point lead to the Clippers in Game 2 yesterday. Two days ago. When was it? I don't know. I've stayed away from any analysis from it. Not really. But the bottom line is it happened, and we all have to deal with it. But when you blow a lead like that, everyone comes out of the woodwork to give you advice, let you know what you did wrong, what went wrong. And some of it was interesting. Some of it actually made sense. But no one was reinventing the wheel with what the Warriors should be doing. But there are a couple people that you would have liked to hear from, and they did hear from them. Uh, (laughs) Steven Jackson, our guy, the We Believe legend, the Warriors legend, Uh, One of the favorites in Dub Nation was on uh, some FS1 show. What was it? First Things First or First Takes First? First Things First. 
is the one. <laughs> and he said the Warriors got too cocky and thought the Clippers were going to lay down. He said, I pray that I have a team full of guys like Montrez Harrell and Lou Williams and Patrick Beverly that love the game and don't care who's in front of them. That's what Doc Rivers, Doc Rivers has, and they didn't quit. He has a point. I mean, he has a point. The Clippers did not quit, and I don't know if the Warriors thought they'd lay down. The bottom line is they thought that a 31-point lead would be sufficient, and they thought that letting their guard down would allow them to still win, and it didn't. Uh, that coming from from Stack, you know, it's he keeps it real. He's not going to sugarcoat anything. He's not going to say anything to keep allegiances, and uh, they got arrogant. They got cocky. They thought they had done enough which they clearly had not. And whether that's Steph coming back in, as soon once he came back in from his, uh, after getting four fouls and coming out at, you know, seven, seven minutes, I think, 7.31 in the third, uh, he went two of nine. He was bad. There, there's no other way around it. He was bad in the second half, and he was uh, electric in the first half. But they just didn't do enough. Uh, they got arrogant. They got sloppy. The turnovers have to stop. They had 22 turnovers on the night. That's something they have to take care of. And these turnovers didn't happen when they were up 31. I mean, some of them did, but this is something that happens throughout the entire game. They have to clean that up if they want to not only win this series, which, of course, they'll be fine and they will win this series, but they have to clean it up because if they want to win a championship, they can't be turning the ball over 20 times a game. I think they only did it once or twice during the regular season, turn it over 20 times. And as soon as you get to the playoffs, you do it two games in a row. That's something they have to, have to clean up. And they were sloppy, dude. They were terrible turnovers. They were just dumb, unforced, frantic, ugly turnovers. And that's something that former Warriors point guard, another favorite from the Dubs, said on Monday he delivered a message to the Warriors uh, doing a a radio appearance. Uh, Actually, it was on Tuesday, excuse me, where he basically said, you know, you got to protect the ball. First of all, stop throwing nonchalant passes. Golden State Warriors, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green. Let's throw some sharp passes. Make sure the passes are there. Make sure that you see the defensive man overplaying. You can't just throw nonchalant passes. Make sure you throw crisp passes and get the ball to the person and run your offense. I'd say about 10 or 11 turnovers last night were nonchalant passes, just thrown it any type of way. You can't have those type of passes. He's absolutely right. He's absolutely right. And I've been harping on it since game one, even game one when they won. The the passes are so sloppy and so arrogant and nonchalant and so cocky. It, it, it is driving me absolutely crazy. You, you can't do that in the playoffs. You can't do that against... The Clippers, because one, they'll come back from 31 points down. You can't do that against the Rockets because they'll just beat you. You can't do it against any of the talent in the Western Conference, especially the teams that you're hoping to be playing after the Clippers. Tim Hardaway continued that second thing is you just have to run your offense. Don't worry about him, talking about Patrick Beverly. Protect the ball and make plays and use his aggression against him. Take him to the hole and make plays, go into the hole, set picks, and just play the right way. He's right. He's absolutely right, but can I also just say the Patrick Beverly stuff is getting blown way out of proportion. Did he play okay at points? Yeah, because he's an okay player. He is not in Kevin Durant's head. Kevin Durant has been passive for uh, at least a month, month and a half now, and it was working well the way he was playing before, where he was playing kind of point KD, 
where he was looking to pass more than he was score. But at at this point right now, KD needs to be looking to score more. He needs to look to take more than eight shots. And he did get 12 free throws out of it. Uh, so he was being aggressive, but still want him taking more shots. And Patrick Beverly has almost nothing to do with it. It's not Patrick Beverly. It's the fact that they're sending double teams at him. So let's just get over this idea that Patrick Beverly is some sort of game changer. He had two nice steals, and I think he hit one three. That's about it. You know, <laughs> fouled out with like eight minutes left too. So let's just relax on this Patrick Beverly thing because not only did he not have as big of an impact as people are thinking, it takes away from the fact that it was Montrez Harrell and specifically Lou Williams that tore up the Warriors, and they deserve the credit, not the team mascot in Patrick Beverly. So there's my Beverly rant. He's been fine because he's a fine player, but that's it. He's not the guy swinging the series. He's not the guy who brought them back from 31 down. So let's all relax. And I think KD will be extra motivated to prove that this next game because he's heard it. He's heard everything. He pays attention, and he's heard people praising Patrick Beverly as a KD stopper, which is absolutely ridiculous. I also want to mention real quick, uh, I really like Lou Williams and Montrez Harrell as players. They're frustrating to play against as a fan of the Warriors, but I really like Montrez Harrell and Lou Williams. And Lou Williams had an epic picture taken after the game, scrolling through his phone, getting his knees iced while eating nachos in the training room. It hurt to see, but about a couple days later, I was able to enjoy it for sure. Lou Williams is great. And he's on one of the best contracts in the NBA. And he tore up the Warriors, man. He was the reason they they were able to come back. It was not Patrick Beverly. I will not let anyone say otherwise. If you talk about Patrick Beverly to me, I'm going to shoot it down. Shot down. Done. Uh, One last thing that happened was T-Mac, Tracy McGrady, felt he needed to reach out to Kevin Durant and give him some advice which I don't know how that worked out. KD has mentioned that, you know, he grew up idolizing T-Mac and loving the way he played and stuff like that. But T-Mac has also not been very uh, appreciative of what Kevin Durant has done ever since he's come to the Warriors. So I don't know how it went. And he gave, you know, oh, he's got to start facing up against Beverly so he can't, uh, can't be nudging him and stuff like that. Again, it's not Patrick Beverly. It's the fact that they're sending double teams off of Draymond's man off of Boogie's man, or now it's going to be off of Bogut or uh, off of Loon or whoever. So stop. Stop it. All these quote-unquote smart basketball minds talking about Beverly, man, drive me absolutely crazy. He's average. He's got the name and the bark that help him elevate his uh, the narrative right now. So he's a fine player but that just means he plays fine. He's not what people are making him out to be right now. All right, anyways, hope you guys enjoyed that. It's me just venting about Patrick Beverly, really. Going to take one last break, come back, and I want to go over some of the results from the Western Conference playoffs and who the Dubs might be facing in these future rounds. That's coming up next here on Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. Making you old-fashioned today with the Wild Turkey Bourbon 101. It just really stands up very well in a classic cocktail like the old-fashioned. It has that perfect boldness. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, America, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Today, every answer matters more than ever before. Because whether it's about health, deliveries, or finance, some things just can't wait. That's why IBM is helping businesses manage millions of calls, texts, and chats with Watson Assistant. It's conversational AI designed to help your customers find the answers they need faster, no matter the industry. Let's put smart to work. Visit ibm.com slash watsonassistant to learn more. What up, everybody? Welcome back into Locked on Warriors. I'm your host, Charles T. Hamilton. Why don't you guys go ahead and subscribe to this podcast, Locked on Warriors. Uh, go ahead, just hit that subscribe button for me. Good looking out. Appreciate it. And uh, to all the new listeners, you can find this podcast on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, but especially the new podcast app, Himalaya. Himalaya is an incredible new app. Gives you curated personal playlists. New features being added every day, so check it out. But most importantly, subscribe to this and all Locked On podcasts. Uh, I want to go over some of the scores and uh, results from other Western Conference playoff games. Uh, We had the Spurs and Nuggets play last night. The Nuggets were able to overcome an early 18-point deficit to beat the Spurs. Jamal Murray had a huge uh, fourth quarter Went 8 of 9 in the 4th. He had a rough game earlier, but was able to put it together in the 4th and help his team get the W, tie that series up. And that series is interesting because you can make the argument that whoever comes out of that series has the best shot of making it to the Western Conference Finals to potentially face the Warriors if they can make it there. So I've got my eye on that one. The Spurs played well, but they they, they couldn't outlast the Nuggets who end up getting the win 114 to 105. And the reason that I think that one of these two teams has a good shot at making it to the Western Conference Finals is because I think they have a good chance about uh, over whoever comes out of the OKC-Portland series, which, by the way, looks like will be Portland. We'll still have, you know, still have plenty of games left, but Portland, after beating them, beating OKC in Game 2 by 20, are now up 2 nothing on the Oklahoma City Thunder in this series. It was first off this series is probably the most fun series out of all of them including the the Eastern Conference so far in my opinion and maybe it's just because I like watching the Thunder lose but Dame, CJ, uh, a lot of their role players, Seth Curry by the way, I enjoy watching all of them. Seth actually had a huge well not a huge game but he had some huge moments. He came in the second half, knocked down three big threes. Uh, Dame and CJ both went off. Dame time apparently is the entire game. Uh, he went 10 of 21 for 29 points, 4 of 8 from 3. CJ, 12 of 22, 3 of 7 from 3 for 33 points. CJ also had 8 rebounds and 5 assists. Dame had 4 rebounds and 6 assists. And the center position held up for Portland. They, even though Cantor had the huge game, he didn't really play great in this one. He, he tweaked his hand at, at a certain point in the first half, uh, but he played 20 minutes, was 2 of 5 from the field, 5 rebounds, 6 points. So he wasn't great. 
Zach Collins was fine. In 14 minutes, he went 3 of 5 uh, with 6 points, 4 rebounds. But Myers Leonard got himself 15 minutes and only scored 5 points, but he was adequate out there, man. He's a big body. He also knocked down a big 3, uh, had a nice little hook shot that went in also. He played well. They're, they're deeper at the center position than you would have thought, especially with the addition of Cantor. Now, none of them will be able to make up for Nurkic, but for right now, they are able to... You know, tread water. They're doing just fine at the center position. Uh, so this was a fun one to watch. This series has been a lot of fun, and now Portland is up to nothing. So it looks like, you know, not to get too far ahead of myself, but if the Warriors do make it to the Western Conference Finals, they'll be playing Portland or San Antonio or Denver, which isn't breaking news because... When the playoffs started, it was going to be Portland or OKC or San Antonio or Denver because that's the entire field. But just the fact that it looks like Portland will knock OKC out or has a great, great chance to knock OKC out in the first round for the third straight year and also for Portland to get their first playoff series win in at least three years. I mean, maybe even longer. I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but I know after two straight years of being knocked out in the first round, one of these teams is going to go three straight years knocked out in the first round. And with OKC down 0-2 in this one, it looks like it's going to be them. Thank you guys so much for listening to Locked On Warriors. I am Charles T. Hamilton. Why don't you guys go ahead and click that subscribe button for me, rate and review all that good stuff. And I'll be back tomorrow with another episode of Locked On Warriors on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team. Every day. You can't climb a mountain if it's smooth. Right. You got to go over the rough spots. <laughs> Peace. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily podcast on the Golden State Warriors. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Bay Area sports fans, this is Ben Kaspic, host of the Locked On Giants podcast, which should be the next Locked On podcast you fire up in your feed. The MLB offseason is closing in, and I'll have you covered every day, breaking down the rumors, speculation, and transactions that'll shape next year's Giants team. Subscribe to Locked On Giants right now on your favorite podcast provider. This is Josh Lloyd, the host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast, the number one fantasy basketball podcast in the world. If you're looking for information regarding fantasy basketball, recaps of the NBA, this is the show for you. We are heading into the offseason and starting to get ready for the 2020-2021 fantasy season. We'll have all the information on what happens through the rest of the playoffs, free agency, the NBA draft, and then heading into a big 2021 season. So make sure you're checking out the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast.